This is Soul Starter, the podcast with your hosts, Jessica and Lexi. We're two mamas on a mission to make entrepreneurship more accessible through soul-driven exploration. If you're ready to start a transformative journey rooted in self-care, intention, and growth, then this is the podcast for you. Join us and our guests each week as we explore the parallels between business, motherhood, and mindful living. Your intuition guided you here. Now let's get started. Welcome. We have Tressa Rivera today, uh, who is a human design specialist and hypnotherapist. Tressa is certified hypnotherapist with the American Board of Hypnotherapy and a trained human design chart analyst. She's also a certified health coach, personal trainer, and life coach who specifically works with people on getting to know their human design, how it applies to their life, and utilizing hypnotherapy through this mind-body practice, which we are so excited to have you today. Uh, I also have my co-host with Lexi here today, which we will both be having plenty of questions for you, I'm sure. Yes. Hi, Tressa. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Absolutely. Well, we're so excited. And I think that as I say all of that intro, I think a lot of people might also just first initially want to know a little bit more about you. So we would love to learn a little bit how you came to hypnotherapy, how you came to learning and wanting to work with people through human design analysis. Just tell us a little bit more in our audience about you. Okay, yeah, I would love to. So I have had a deep passion for athletics and the physical body for a very long time. So when I was in my 20s, I became a personal trainer. I worked at a chiropractor's office doing you know, physical therapy and personal training. Fast forward a few years, what do I want to do with my life? Oh, I think I want to be a life coach, health coach, and use my personal training background with it. So I was working with clients around weight loss and the physical body, health coaching, working with them through nutrition, and I was not seeing great results. And part of it is because we'd have a good coaching session and then they'd come back the next week and none of their goals were achieved. So around the same time, my sister actually was um, studying hypnosis and she came to me and said, hey, can I practice on you? And I thought, that's really dumb. Right. I was like, I don't know anything about that. That sounds cheesy. I, all I had ever seen about it was like what you see on movies or at like sober grad night, like stage hypnosis. I was like, okay, this is so dumb, but I love you and I'm going to let you practice on me. Right. Within three hypnotherapy sessions, I had healed more trauma and wounds than I had in 12 years of self-development. I was okay. blown away. At what is this? What is hypnosis? What is NLP? What is hypnotherapy? I started to get really curious. And so then I started to study it on my own and I, and I learned a couple of NLP and hypnosis techniques and I started to take them back to my health coaching clients. And within a few weeks, I was seeing results in clients that I hadn't seen for weeks. They were losing weight. They were changing their behaviors. And, and what I started to realize is that so much of the reason the weight was being held on to them is because of their beliefs. It was because of um, suppressed emotions. And, you know, uh, there, there's, there's a lot of my own journey wrapped up in this as well. You know, I had gotten pretty sick with my third, uh, with my third baby. Hypnotherapy healed me so much. It was doing wonders for my clients. And I realized that every not everybody but there's a lot of people doing personal training and health coaching but there's not enough people 
really healing deep trauma. And my clients were holding on to the weight because of trauma. And so I kind of switched gears and I went and I got all of my necessary schooling and requirements to become a full-on certified hypnotherapist. And I switched gears from weight loss and health coaching to hypnotherapy, where I could do the, the most amount of work. Now, kind of in that time frame, just as I had gotten all my credentials, I was starting my own business, I met my human design teacher and I, I found human design. My sister, same sister actually. What is this chart? I looked it up. There's all these weird colors and boxes and numbers. I was like, what? So um, I called up Danny and I had never met the man before. I said, I, I want you to read my chart, right? First chart reading I had with him, two hour phone call. I've never met this man before. And he told me things about myself that nobody has ever known about me. Things that I have, I would, I would never even say about myself. And I, I hung up that phone call and I thought there's something to human design. I don't know what this is, but I need, I need this system. So I ended up going back to him for four separate chart readings before he was like, um, I was like, Danny, I'm gonna go to human design school. And he said, maybe just let me put you through human design school. So that was three years ago. I've been in human design school for three years. I'm now a trained human design analyst. And I actually use human design to navigate my hypnotherapy sessions because without ever even meeting a person, I know so much in-depth information, not just about their personality, their emotional wounds, their conditioning, but about their physical body. And it it's like this weird superpower that I have just by looking at their human design chart. And I believe that it is the future of coaching, working any type of practitioners. I believe that in the future, everybody is going to start to use the human design chart because it's just amazing. Yeah, I think that's absolutely amazing that like your personal journey is what actually led you to just follow those inner callings, if you will, and you just continued down your passions and your interests, which led you to this full-fledged business now that you help people with human design readings, getting to know themselves through their human design and hypnotherapy by healing trauma. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and your sister, like you guys, she brought you to hypnotherapy and then is it right you brought her to human design or she brought you? She brought me to, I'm the little sister, okay. and, you know, but in, and before all of this, like I have been through my own fair share of trauma. I had been in self-development for about 12 years before I found. So I was always like, you know, on that spiritual self-developmental path and I wanted to be happy. And I, I, I got sick a couple of different times, including, like I said, with my middle child. And I had, I actually had a one in a million disease wow. in my pregnancy. It was horrific. Wow. And it was around that time that I thought, if, you know, if I really know what I think I know when it comes to self-development and spirituality, I wouldn't have gotten sick. That's really powerful. It was really humbling. It was really yeah. like, okay, there's something I don't know. And that's when I, I stepped into like deep meditation. And that's when my sister was like, I'm dabbling in hypnosis, right? And so it not only helped me heal that disease, but it took me to where I am now. So I think uh, it happens to probably more people than it should, but we are on a journey and we think we're on a journey. I mean, I'm personally relating to you here, so I don't want to speak for the crowd, but oftentimes we end up sick or we end up like something is wrong in our body and we just know intuitively that something is wrong or we're feeling physically ill. And that kind of takes 
it takes us to that last step and then there's a breakthrough. It's almost like a rock bottom and then there's this magical breakthrough that happens. Yeah, that's exactly right. I've also done hypnotherapy, um, not with Tressa, but I'm I'm intrigued. um, And I had, I mean, I've been doing talk therapy, like I've been doing these other practices to heal trauma from my own childhood. And hypnosis was so powerful. Like I, I felt incredibly different just right after. Oh, and I can speak to that too. I actually worked with Tressa directly, which we'll have a second episode on directly about my experience working with Tressa, but also my experience working through hypnotherapy as a tool because it was my first time. So we'll save all the juicy details for that for the next episode, which I'm so excited to bring to, to everyone. But I can also speak to that too, where I was a little nervous as Tressa I'm sure can and attest to. But it was such a transformational journey that now I, I almost told, I told Tressa that, is this too good to be true? Like, <laughs> is there something I'm missing? Because I feel like what we worked through was so deep in ways that I've never been able to get before. And the outcome was like, yeah, I don't even think about that anymore. It's just yes. it's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit more? Well, we're going to get into it hypnotherapy later I'm like I almost want to dive in now but let's start with human design like what is human design for somebody who has no idea what it is we'll just start there yeah so on the surface human design seems like any old personality typing system so it gives you a type uh, it gives you a strategy which is kind of like your game plan how are you going to use it in real life and then it gives you an inner authority which essentially is a guidance system to help you always know what decision is correct for you to make now the thing that's different about human design is that it's based off of four ancient systems. It's based off of Western astrology, the chakra system, aspects of the Jewish Kabbalah, and the Chinese I Ching. Now the Chinese I Ching is kind of a magical system. I didn't even actually know all of that and now I'm even more intrigued. So Tressa, I practice feng shui in my business. So you're Mm -hmm. talking about the I Ching and I'm like, I so excited. Keep going. Well, you know what's interesting about the I Ching is that uh, the I Ching is based off of a six-line hexagram structure. So there's 64 hexagrams in the Chinese I Ching. Well, when modern science discovered DNA and they started to, you know, look into it, it turns out that the exact same mathematical structure that the 64 codons in your DNA is the exact same structure as the 64 hexagrams in the Chinese I Ching. Mm -hmm. So the thing about human design is that it's not just about your personality, it's about your genetics. It's a genetic coding system, it's a genetic blueprint, and it actually talks about the genetic expression within your physical body, your physical body's energy systems. It's a map of who your body is designed to be and how it's designed to express itself. While there are set archetypal energies connected to these different codons in your DNA, which does express through personality. It's so much more than just your personality. I find that so refreshing too, because I think, you know, as often as Lexi and I talk about, you know, our children being born and they are who they are since the day that they were born. And we can really tie back this innateness to each individual. But I also find it so refreshing 
where I'm like, everyone should know their human design because mm-hmm. if you do, then you really know like what you were designed and what your gifts are to bring to the world. And I think that a lot of people struggle with that or they struggle with really knowing themselves deeply. And so they spend years and years and years trying to do all these different things to get to know themselves deeper, to understand why am I here on this earth, all of these things. When really if they started with understanding their human design deeply they also might have a guidance point as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. One of the major philosophies, concepts around human design is that we're all raised homogenized. Society tells us that we are all the same. We all need the same amount of sleep, the same amount of food. Do this, don't do this, get a job, go here. And the basic differences of who we are and what we're designed to be is lost, right? Our uniqueness is lost. And most grown-ups are so deeply conditioned to be something they're not. And that's where their dysfunctional patterns, behaviors, trauma, it all stems down to being raised as something you're not because our parents just didn't know. Yeah, yeah, they didn't know. And there, there is like this general talk now. I don't know if it's more prevalent just because of social media and everything, but it's almost like our generation is healing that trauma or that conditioning that our parents didn't know any better. And I don't, we don't want to place blame on our parents or be like, they did this wrong or whatever. It was just societal conditioning. And I think now we're headed into a phase as like the collective is wanting to heal that and to do better by our children. And I find it so fascinating. Um, And I love that you've brought up these four different points of human design Because some people, it's just like astrology is just, they can't relate to it, right? You know, there's just different aspects that somebody might be like, don't put me in a box. I'm a Scorpio, but I don't sound anything like a Scorpio, you know? So the human design, it's it's refreshing, like Jessica said, that we can have these different, all these different pinpoints that kind of narrow us down. And there's so many factors at play other than just being a Scorpio, there's like so much more of the inner layers of human design chart. So Mm -hmm. maybe you can dive into what some of those layers are. Yeah. Yeah. The, The biggest layer when it comes to human design is the juxtaposition between the personality and the design. I'm going to say this in another way. You have a mind and you have a body. And so often the mind believes it's the ruler of, the controller of the body. And even the way that we're raised as children, well, don't be an idiot. You got to think about that. Use your brain. Weigh the pros and the cons, right? And human design steps in and is like, actually, this vehicle, this body, this is a self-driving vehicle. And it was always designed with the wisdom to know what's right for you. And we see this in our children. We see this in our one-year-olds and our three-year-olds. When they're hungry, their bodies communicate that with us. When they're irritated, when they're sad, when they're happy, this expression that the body is free to give from the get-go is how we're designed. That That's essentially what our inner authority is. And it kind of goes back to different points in the body for different people. But the whole prince, principle of human design is release mental control and start to develop this inner guidance from the cells and the wisdom of your body. 
Yeah, that's such an interesting philosophy too, because even coming from a healthcare background and a physical therapy background, we learn so much that the mind um, in the nervous system is controls the body, right? And so um, I think it's often forgotten that the body also responds. And so they do work very in unison together. And we need um, both of them, but to not miss those cues that the body's trying to give you, because oftentimes, you know, you know, different emotions are stored in different parts of the body. And we, you know, if we're nervous, we're feeling it like in our, in our gut, if you will. And so oftentimes we forget to listen to those body cues. But if we were in tune more and understood our human design a little bit more, but also just got more connected to the body and the responses it gave us, it would be able to um, tell us a lot of a big story, really. I mean, that comes back to what we said at the beginning a little bit of your body getting sick. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're ignoring a lot of the cues, Um, or maybe just like not even aware, it's not even ignoring, it's just you're not, you don't have that self-awareness perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then then your body is like, all right, I'm sending up flare signals, like something is wrong, (laughs) I gotta get your attention. Right, hello, I'm talking to you over here. And the bodies, and even as as adults, we see this everywhere. The, The body says, I am so tired, I just need to nap and rest. And the mind is like, you can't nap. We have to do this. And the body's like, oh, I'm so hungry. And the mind is like, we're on a diet. We read this book about keto. This is the correct thing for us. And the mind takes control, right? And you're exactly right. The body is sending out these flares. I love that. And the more the mind ignores the body and controls the body, the deeper into dysfunction we go. So human design is really all about how can we step out of patterns of dysfunction and into alignment with this magnificent vehicle that we live in. Before we move on to hypnotherapy too, I I love there's a point you made that I want to bring back up. And it was talking about if we got to know our children, you know, a lot of our listeners here are mothers or parents. And you said something really beautiful that now I'm like, okay, now I need to do human design reading from a parenting perspective to know, get to know my children and making sure that I am supporting them in the way that they were designed to be brought and to live out into this world. And so I think that's an extremely powerful tool that a lot of parents could use as that inner wisdom of knowing what why and giving us that explanation of why our kids are so different. We raise them the exact same, but they're completely different children. Yeah. Uh, but also remembering and circling back to they are that way since they were been, been born. So now I'm like definitely going to do a human design reading with you um, in terms of parenting. Yeah. But before we really pivot to hypnotherapy, because I want to dive into that too, what are the next steps if somebody wants to learn a little bit more about their human design? What do you feel is the ne- great next step for them to take just to start to get to know that that chart a little bit better? Uh-huh. There is amazing resources out there that you can go for free. My favorite website is mybodygraph.com. This is a sister site to Jovian Archive in which the creator of human design, Ra Uruhu, that's his company. So Jovian Archive, mybodygraph.com, these are all sources of pure human design. I think there's a lot of spinoffs to human design right now that some people can get really caught up in. What you really want to do is understand your chart without the bells and whistles, just your chart, your strategy, your authority, your profile, your definition. So what most people do is they'll look at their chart, their brain goes, blah, I don't know what any of this means. 
And so then a lot of people go down the Google rabbit hole, they'll go down the YouTube rabbit hole. What does it mean to be a projector? What does it mean to be a manifesting generator? And so on and so forth. But at some point you are, you're gonna realize that this is all surface information. It's very generalized information. And if you really under, wanna understand who you're designed to be, you have to go get a one-on-one -on -one analysis by, uh, by a trained chart reader. That really is the way for you because this, this is such a complex system and we go to school for it. And yeah. so a lot of people, and we live in this society where it's like instant gratification. I wanna know everything right now. And so they go down the Google rabbit hole. You're not really going to understand as much as you think you are. And so sometimes people will get their chart read from one person and then they'll go get a bunch of different perspectives just because as with anything, different analysts have their own spin and their own uniqueness to it. But that really is the best way to learn about yourself. We'll be sure to put those links in the show notes for anybody who wants to go pull up their chart. And if you haven't looked at a human design chart before, once you get it, you'll realize why a one-on-one -on -one reading is probably great um, because there is a lot going on in it. Um, but if you want to give us just like the top level, you know, you mentioned a manifesting generator, generator projector, like what are those different profiles from like a high level perspective? Yeah, yeah. So essentially in human design, there's five different types. And one of the types has this is the same aura. So there's really only four. <laughs> but I want you to, to look at this as if they're different vehicle models, right? We have this electromagnetic field around our body. Okay, let's break this down. Let's be really logical about this. The brain fires off of electricity, the neurons in our brain are, we have sodium and magnesium and potassium. These are electrolytes that flow through our body. We have a nervous system that is electrical. We have a heart that has a magnetic impulse and electricity running through it. So we have this electromagnetic field that extends out from our bodies about three feet in all directions. And if you were to go to a hospital with all the fancy equipment, they can measure that EM field, right? This is this is science. This is not woo, right? But in human design, yeah. I'm sorry. I have to, I'm like geeking out over here because this is like the aura, right? Yes. You this can is actually the aura. go to a hospital and have your aura read. Like somebody could show you what it looks like. Well, they, they would be able to measure the electrical pulse. Measure it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really like a physics and science where I think so many people are like oh that energy yeah. stuff is woo woo but it's really sure, like no this right. is down to everyone every living being everything has energy um, I just had so. to interject there sorry keep going yeah I'm yeah, just so yeah. Excited. yeah anything that is electromagnetic has an EM field around it including humans and so each each aura electromagnetic field in other words has different properties to it. And when we're looking about type, we're looking at the differences in the properties to your electromagnetic field as it surrounds you, right? So they're essentially four different auras, four different vehicle models. One of them is broken up into two because there are some fundamental differences. I like to think about it like this. Life is just a play and we are all partaking in this beautiful play called life. And, and in the play, about 70% of the people are actors. 
the stars of the show, this is the generators and the manifesting generators. They're designed to work. They're designed to labor. They're designed to have a lot of energy. They're designed to put the world together and build the world, right? Now, and there's there's differences, right? Because some actors are script readers. They're really going to go step by step and read the script. These are pure generators. And then you have actors that are kind of like improv actors and they're quirky and creative and their brains work really fast. These are manifesting generators. Both of them are designed to have a lot of energy when they do what they want to do. Now, in this uh, scenario, in the movie, in the play, 20% of the population are projectors. Now, look at these like the directors of the play. These are our guides. This is what Jessica is. Yeah. I was just uh, going to say, that's I'm a dancer. <laughs> yes. What, shoulder dance. yes. what are you yes. like? I'm a generator. Okay. And, yeah. and this is why we work beautifully together. Yes. Actually. Yes. There is a very beautiful symbiotic relationship between the projector and the generator. And projectors see things that other types don't, but they don't have the energy system as a generator. And so as the generator invites the projector and the projector asks the generator questions, both of you unlock what it is that you need in order to grow into the highest potential of yourselves. Hey, we should do a reading amazing. together with Tressa. Yeah. That would be it. so fun. Anyways, I, I actually, I've actually done that for business partners a few times okay. in the past. Right. Well, we'll um, after the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So kind of moving along, 9% of the population are manifestors. And imagine the manifestor like the screenwriter. They're kind of black sheeps. They initiate their, their whole, their whole goal is, or I guess purpose is to impact and initiate. Think about somebody like William Shakespeare and think about a play like Romeo and Juliet. That one play impacted the entire world for generations and generations. And so manifestors are misunderstood. They're unique. They're not like other types, but when they do something, they impact everyone around them. And the last type we have is reflectors. Reflectors are only 1% of the population. They're kind of shapeshifters. They're literal mirrors. And so when you're with a reflector, they sample your energy and they take on your at, at attributes and different personality traits and they reflect you back to you and they show you your blind spots and sometimes you like it and sometimes you don't but they tell you the truth of who you are in that way and so the the, the reflectors like the movie critic they're the audience right gotcha yeah yeah wow interesting because I'm like trying to think of who might be a reflector in my life but I bet I could there's only one person predict it yeah yeah. Well, reflectors are designed to be inconsistent. So oh. the telltale sign of knowing what a reflector is, they change every single day. They're going to mm. be so, I will give my life for this thing one day and then the next day they could care less about it because that's how they're designed. And so they change from person to person, from day to day. And um, they're magnificent. They're magical beings. I adore my reflector friends. That's interesting. You said yeah. 1%. 1% of the population I didn't catch that. So just, just told yeah. me that. So yeah, it, it would make sense if you can't remember, might know, not know of someone who is a reflector because there's such few and far between. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So okay. manifestors and manifesting generators make up 70% you mentioned, right? Generators and manifesting generators. Yeah. So if the word generator is in it, they're a generator type and they have the same aura. 
and the same strategy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. But then there's more layers beneath that, right? Like, yes. so I'm a generator and just coming back to like some things that I'm trying to work on personally is like, oh, I'm lumped into like the biggest percentage and I feel yeah. like I'm really unique and special, but there is so much more uniqueness once you take back that first layer, right? Like we talked about Correct. it at top layer is these different types, like a generator. Reflector. Yes. Yeah. And well, then you yeah. can actually dive so much deeper into each person's chart. What would be like the next layer without getting too detailed or too specific? Yeah, absolutely. And before I go there, I want I want to let you know that Oprah's a generator. Einstein is a generator. Elon Musk is a manifesting generator. Extremely unique people like Lexi. Extremely intelligent and brilliant and unique and insightful people. And so sometimes people step into human design and they're like, oh, I'm not unique. But in reality, every chart is like a snowflake. So you have your um, type and then you have your inner authority. Generators and manifesting generators have one of two different inner authorities. And then you have your profile. Profile is like an outfit that you wear throughout your life. And then you have your incarnation cross, which are the four gates that make up your sun on earth, both on personality and design time. And then you have all of the gates that are in your planetary alignments on both your personality and design. And then those gates are in specific lines. And then those gates and lines are in specific centers. And then those centers are either defined or undefined. And then you either have the channel on the other side or you don't and so on and so forth. And that's just the top of the chart. There's an advanced system called primary healthcare that goes into environment and digestion and viewpoint. And ugh, it's a massive amount. This is why a is so beneficial, right? Massive amount of information. Yeah. Everybody is deeply unique. And although like a projector, for example, may have similar characteristics and traits to another projector, that when you get into their individual one-on-one chart, they can still be deeply different, which is where right. that in- uniqueness right. comes into. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, that's so amazing and so fascinating. Okay. So I, I know there's so much more that we could dive into um, with like all of these things you just mentioned. Uh, Say, is there something in the chart where if somebody just does, you know, they spit out a free report online and it Mm -hmm. says one part of their chart that they can read that we could actually talk about? Like, I know there's part that's like, for me, um, it's inner vision, like how I, what part of the chart is that? Yeah. And so that's the advanced system that is looking into color and tone in your variables. And while it can be beneficial to learn that you have inner vision, if you don't understand the top of your chart, that information is not going to do you very much. Okay. Okay. So the next layer maybe then that somebody could just do an online, you know, they're like, oh, I'm a generator. And then next up, they can read one more piece of their chart before diving into a one-on-one that could be beneficial for them to learn without diving also into like a million Google articles, right? Yeah. So this is why I recommend that website, mybodygraph.com, because it's actually a talking body graph. So when you input your information, 
it will spit out and give you the ability to play different clips of Ra Uruhu, the creator of human design, talking about what it means to be a generator, what it means to have a sacral authority, what it means to have a 2-4 profile, what it means, right? So you can have this, and that's what I recommend to all of my clients. I say, if you're not ready to get a reading, go hear about it from the man's mouth himself. And always the most accurate information comes from the creator of human design. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for that tangible tip that people can yeah. just take and run with as well. Um, okay. So we have you for a little bit more time actually today. We have a sweet spot here, but I would love to pivot now, unless you have any other questions about human design. Well, I'm sure there are <laughs> a million questions. We could probably talk to you for hours about human design, but we probably should just get a reading from you. Yeah. Well, let's pose it back to you. So if you had like any tips or takeaways or one more thing that you wanted to offer at this kind of high level podcast view, what would that be to our listeners? Yeah. Well, now the human design system is an experiment. Don't take my word for anything. Sure. Experiment with it. Take your strategy and authority, do it, use it. That's what I did in the beginning. The moment I got my first reading, I said, I'm going to step into my human design experiment and I'm going to follow my strategy and authority today. And that led me to all sorts of messed up beliefs and patterns and dysfunctions I didn't even know weren't good for me. I had no idea. Now, this is where hypnotherapy comes in. So it's kind of a really good place to kind of start talking about hypnotherapy because what I see in my clients over and over and over is they, they get their chart read or they start to learn about human design and they, they try to follow their strategy and authority. But, but your belief structure creates and determines your behavioral patterns and if you, you have that yeah yeah i think repeat that yeah your belief structure creates and determines your habits so so if you don't believe something you're not going to act in a certain way or if you believe something else right what, what another way of saying it yeah your beliefs are, your behaviors are dependent upon your beliefs. And so, so many people will, they find the human design system, they see the discrepancies, they see it resonates with them. They see this version of themselves that they could be, but because they have all sorts of beliefs that tell them they can't be that way, they shouldn't be that way, they're wrong if they're that way. And guess what's connecting these beliefs like scar tissue in the unconscious mind? Emotions guilt, shame, fear, sadness, right? And going back to the physical body and how it holds on to emotion. Our, and, and going back to, ba to babies, look at babies. When they feel sad, they cry. When they feel angry, they scream. Emotions are meant to be expressed and moved through the body. But when the mind does not allow the body to properly express these emotions or the mind is underdeveloped and it doesn't know how to express emotions, we suppress them. And this is when we get into deeply suppressed emotional wounds and patterns of beliefs that are created around these deeply suppressed emotions and all of a sudden we're adults and we try to change our behavior and we can't because these beliefs are binding us to dysfunction. Actual scar tissue actual yeah actual metaphorical scar yeah tissue. yeah yeah uh, that's where hypnosis comes into play right like yeah. explain hypnosis I think we all kind of know 
a little bit about it, but there's also like societal, you know, you even to your sister were like, hypnosis, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like um, that's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I'm once a- you experience it, it is like a rewiring, right? Of the brain a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm a deeply logical person before I could even step into the idea of learning more about becoming a hypnotherapist, I had to understand what was happening. And the easiest way to think about it is that the the way that the brain cycles through its natural frequencies every single day. So we have this natural rhythm within our brain waves. When we sleep, our brains are really slow. They're in delta. And as we rise in the morning, we we rise up through theta very briefly, and then we are awake and we're in beta and our brains are kind of buzzing and they're working and our brain waves are faster. And this is how we talk and this is how we communicate. This is the analytical mind. This is the conscious awareness. If you were to, to look at me in the face right now and tell me my hair is blue, my analytical mind would be like, no, it's not, (laughs) right? Like there's this filter on top of the analytical mind. When we are stressed out, our brain goes into high beta and it starts to move really fast and it starts to focus and hone in to threats in our environment. Now, when we come home after a long day of work and we sit down to relax within 90 seconds, the brainwave starts to fall from high beta to alpha. And as we get into a state of relaxation, the brainwaves slow down. And this is where most of the work I do is in. This is where a lot of people go when they go to meditate. Now, once you're relaxed and your brainwaves are continuing to fall, you're getting ready to go to bed, you lay down to go to sleep, and you see these pictures right before you go to sleep as the brainwaves fall. This is theta. Theta is a place that we go to in deep meditation. Theta is the brainwaves are really slow. And then we fall and we go to sleep and we're back into delta. Now there is a certain brainwave called gamma where people can go to when they're in high meditation. It's actually deeper than beta, but this is a state of bliss and a state of ecstasy. This is a state beyond the analytical mind. But when we're looking with hypnotherapy, let's Let's look at this from the perspective of of being a child because this is where so many wounds are created. Children, babies, babies think in theta. Babies are born and they only oscillate between delta and theta, right? That's so powerful. Isn't that wild? And as the child grows into a toddler and a little kid, they start to be able to think in alpha, but they don't have a conscious mind. They don't have an analytical mind. They do not start thinking in beta, the analytical mind, until the ages of seven and 12. So I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but your conscious mind is not developed until between the ages of seven and 12. I've heard this like zero to seven so many times and different information that I've absorbed where it's like, it's almost a little terrifying as a parent who is still learning how to parent the way that I want to and to do things a little bit differently than my parents or the same as my parents and things that I enjoyed that they did. But my daughter is five, she's almost six and I am still deeply in a self-development journey And I look back on some of her other years where I'm like, oh, no, did I already like put these (laughs) things on her? It's kind of terrifying. But at the same time, like I can totally see how 
these different patterns develop because, you know, they're also like little parrots. And it's if you're yeah. acting a certain way, or even if you're putting out a certain energy, they very much respond to it and mirror it back to you. Yeah, that, that's right. Remember what the analytical mind is. It's that filter, right? You're not going to tell me my hair is blue. Uh-uh, I'm not going to listen to that, right? But before the analytical mind is created, before the age of seven, just like what you said, they're parrots. So everything that they see and here goes into them as fact. They only have a subconscious mind. And so your model of reality that you hold right now as an adult was all created before the age of seven. And there is wiggle room really by the age of 12. And this is what Dr. Joe Dispenza says. He's one of my favorite uh, teachers. He's a leading neuroscientist. He says that there's room to change between the ages of seven and 12. And, and so, and so you look at all of these adults and it's like, wow, that dysfunctional pattern can go back down, maybe to not what your mother said to you, but what your mother thought herself. The model of, crea- of reality that she taught you through example, through default. You see what I'm saying? I do. And I think about those, you know, f- like even funny commercials where it's like they become a parent and they're like realizing while they're doing some kind of thing around the house, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is exactly what my mom did. <laughs> I turned into my father. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. It's deeply ingrained in you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You you would be amazed. Most of the sessions I I work with, we regress to childhood or we do childhood inner child work at some point. Um, okay, so let's talk about hypnotherapy, right? Because where am I going with all of this? I'm going somewhere really cool, I promise you. Now, a lot of people want they they work through talk therapy, they work through coaching, they're using their analytical mind. Let's figure this out. Let's really think about this, right? Let's go back. Well, maybe this happened because of this freaking that that's what the analytical mind does. It's very structured. It's very, uh, there's a lot of reason within it, right? It's strategic. Now, those wounds were created when you were in your subconscious mind thinking. So when we work through hypnotherapy, we induce a trance, meaning I use my voice to take you into a deeply relaxed state. And even as I'm doing it right now, even the listeners, you can feel yourself hanging on to the words that I'm saying, and I'm actually pulling your brainwaves lower and lower. So once we are in a state of alpha, I practice conversational hypnotherapy, meaning all of my clients are speaking back to me. Now, the unconscious mind, and we're in the same brain frequencies as when your problems were created. So all of a sudden, this doorway is open to so many memories and wounds and emotions that your analytical mind just doesn't have access to. And when we're looking at the way the unconscious mind speaks, think about dreams. It's metaphoric. It's symbolic right? There's all sorts of, think about somebody saying, I've just hit a wall, right? Oh, I've just got a pit in my stomach. You know, I mean, this is a deep metaphor. You're, you told me something so much by telling me you hit a wall. The analytical mind could use thousands of words to talk about what that metaphor means. While the unconscious mind uses this one tiny little picture. And so it's deeply efficient in a couple of senses. First of all, we're using a different way to communicate. Some of my clients, they don't know what the problem is. 
Their emotions are so deeply suppressed, there's not even a word for how they're feeling. That's okay. I'm not a talk therapist. You don't need to use your words. Tell me a picture. What is it like? Where in your body are you feeling this feeling, right? Some of my clients have been through such deep traumatic experiences that talking about it is more painful. I'm not gonna make them relive their trauma by telling me it with it, right? And so we get this, this efficient way of healing because first of all, we're not talking in the same way. Second of all, your brain waves are in a place of deep abstractness. <laughs> and we're working in this world of the unconscious mind. One of my clients said once, she's like, it's accelerated healing. I just did six months worth of therapy in two hours with you. Right? I really believe that though, because you're able to tap into the mind at a, at a very different level versus talk therapy. And I'm sure we'll go into this more, but like I've practiced talk therapy and also comparing it to hypnotherapy, it was just so different. Um, but it's, it's amazing to see that that's why it's so efficient at getting to the root of some of these traumas that you're talking about, because you're accessing the trauma in a very different way than other modalities to heal trauma. Yeah. 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 I, I've done talk therapy for a few years now and I found it wonderfully helpful. She actually is the one that referred me to a hypnotherapist because she thought it could take me deeper into my healing journey. Yeah. And I, I did one session and after talking to you, I'm like, I'm going to do a lot more. Um, yeah. but she, I went back to her after and I was like, it almost felt like cheating, but that's just the way my mind is. It's like, I have been putting in so much work. And then it's like, I did a one and a half hour or one hour session. And I was like the next morning, I couldn't believe how different I felt. And I actually see that session as one of the more pivotal moments in my life where I made a change in terms of like, I was focusing on self-love and self-acceptance and I am a good mother. Like those were things that I was working on in that session. And it was incredible. Yeah. That's why I, I emailed Tress after our session too, where I'm like, is this too good to be true? Like, am I'm now I'm a skeptic. What's going on here? Like why <laughs> was all of that deep rooted stuff that like was a very quick answer for me? What is the biggest thing that you struggle with? And you know, for me it was self-worth. And so for me, I like called that out and it was so easy that that was the first thing that I would always say if I always asked myself, what is my deepest struggle or what is my deepest insecurity? But then literally after one session with Teresa, I was like, I don't even know why I would say that. Like it was such a weird transformation that I tried to put myself in similar scenarios where I'd ask myself, like, write down your deepest insecurity really quick. And self-worth was not even on the table. Like I didn't even think about it in just one session. So now we're like really, you know, going to be leading into this next podcast episode of diving deeper into my personal session with you, Tressa. But this this idea that bringing human design and hypnotherapy together is a really beautiful missed art. Can you tell us a little bit more about why? Like, why would we bring human design and hypnotherapy together? You talked, you know, to the specifics and the intricacies of um, getting to know someone on their deepest level through human design and what they were created um, to do and how they were meant to be here and to live out their their truth in the world, if you will. But then utilizing human design to break down those beliefs and that conditioning um, that was maybe put on themselves is, am I understanding you correctly? I mean, I went yeah. through this process, but I would love to hear it from you even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, going back to something that Dr. Joe Dispenza says all the time, uh, your brain is a record of the past. That's all it is. 
And most people create their future reality from the prediction of what they lived in the past. And so we're all kind of throwing in front of, of us the same messed up patterns because of what we know. It's known. Now, the reason I combine the two, first of all, in, in human design, human design is all about deconditioning, but it talks about deconditioning at a cellular level. Your cells have memories, and every seven years, you get a brand new body with brand new cells, right? At a cellular level, hypnotherapy, you know, it can't create new cells. You're going to have to wait out your cellular, but from an emotional and mental standpoint, it's the beliefs that tie you to past patterns. And once you start to disconnect, like for you, Jess, I disconnected self-worth, perhaps the cells of your body are gonna be used to overworking and you're gonna to have to practice taking rest because you're a projector, but it's not gonna be connected to, I have to work because I have to prove my worth for what I can do for other people. 100%. There's a big difference, right? <laughs> big difference. And so what I always say is that hypnotherapy, I look at it past, present, and future. Who am I today? Where have I come from? And where do I wanna go? And if you're tired of going in the same places and you don't know how to get out of that, we start by healing the past through hypnotherapy. Once you heal the past through hypnotherapy, then you can start looking at your human design chart and really understand who am I designed to be so that you can create your future from a place of alignment and intention. That's really powerful. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. a lot of people, you know, you said it earlier, looking for like an easy answer or like a quick, a quick tip that I can take on with me to manifest my dreams. But really like when the change happens is when you heal the hard, like mm. the past, when you can heal what you have been through is when you can re, you know, change the cycle, the loop and yeah. take a new path. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, the work you do is beautiful. And I've just really enjoyed chatting with you. I know you and um, Jess have a relationship previous to this, but I, I loved our discussion. And um, yeah, I, I just feel like so pumped up about this podcast and about having you as a guest because you spoke so many truths that we we just want to share like that's that's our mission yeah. is just to share it and thank you for being here if anybody wants to connect with you um what's what's the best way for them to find you yeah so uh check out instagram that's the platform that i am on i i put out really helpful information for all types in human design and i got some you know, silly reels and stuff like that too. So at human design hypnotherapy, and there is underscores, which I'm sure you guys, that human underscore design underscore hypnotherapy. You'll find it. You'll, fi yeah, you'll I'll figure leave, it out. I'll link you in <laughs> yeah. the show notes so anybody can find you. Um, 
And, and anyone can do a human design an analyst reading with you as well as hypnotherapy session or even combined too, which I think is extremely powerful. So I found it powerful. We'll dive into my experience with working with you um, on the next episode. So for all the viewers who found this interesting that want to know the intricacies of my life and what I worked through um, on an intimate level with Tressa um, and my experience working with her, I'm really excited to, to dive into that for the next episode. But in the meantime, yeah, please scoot check her out on Insta and uh, follow her along and set up your own session for sure. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm excited to talk about your session too, Jess, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tressa. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes at soul-starter.com forward slash podcast. We also love to connect with you on Instagram at soulstarterco all one word. And please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can also watch the video recordings on our YouTube channel at Soul Starter Co. See you in the next episode.